there. Hello there. Hello, Hello Amy. Hi. It's nice to meet you guys. We are so happy to, to meet you. It was so sweet of uh, your guys to to uh, contact us. I, 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 I felt so flattered after I looked to see uh, who you are, which is <laughs> about that. I was like, hey, that's pretty cool, man. She's, I like I like what you do. Well, awesome. I um, I I listened to a couple of your podcasts, and I know is it Doug that's a coffee drinker? Yes, yes. it is. Happy to pop a little food and mood mug in the mail to you but i in the spirit of the topic i am double fisting okay oh there you go yes i went with straight water oh we've got to change that we've got to liven it up a little bit three o'clock in the afternoon i'm not really sure what to do it's too early for the mocktail too late for the coffee (laughs) i know i was a little confused too but i'm um lacking in the sleep department so i'm allowing myself the opportunity to um to have a little caffeine later later in the day hey doug smith was shaking today up in uh, up in the pd hey tom just enjoying <laughs> this crazy weather we're having a couple days ago we were all uh bundled up because we were freezing to death and today i've got on shorts and a t-shirt <laughs> we, we are i took i took the girls out for a walk and uh, was dressed like for yesterday or dressed like for the day before. And uh, I was dragging coats and hats after that. So it's, uh, so Doug, I have the great opportunity to introduce you to a new friend of ours that we had to whom we have just been introduced, uh, Amy Fox. Please allow me to introduce you to Doug Smith, also known as Doug the Food Guy. Hey Doug, great to meet you. Thanks for having the conversation with me today. You know, I'm really intrigued because you know, over my career, I worked with a lot of nutritionists, and it was usually about the bread, the meal, how many ounces of beef you could have. But wow, you've got an interesting twist on 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 this category of nutrition. And as foodies, something that goes really well with foodies is typically a glass of wine or some type of cocktail. And uh, tell us a little bit about what you got going on over there. Yeah, you bet. Well. I am a foodie and I actually, I love my wine. I actually, in my house, I have a room dedicated to wine. (laughs) I have, so I, you know, I'm looking to um, just to have, just create more curiosity and create more conversation around um, being curious about it. Yes, enjoying an occasional cocktail, but also just experimenting with uh, just uh, managing your alcohol intake or just thinking about other ways to, you know, other cocktails and other alternatives. Um, so yeah, I'm just, I'm looking to increase the conversation and, um, and, and just keep it real with people about the effects of alcohol, but also help to educate them that, you know, you can still have fun. You can enjoy your food. You can do everything. And, uh, we're just gonna think about maybe pulling back a little bit on alcohol. Hey, it's a perfect time of the year to talk about that as well. New year, yeah. 2023. Not saying that uh, the last couple of years were tough, right. but the last couple of years were tough. And yeah. I, you know, I have a good friend of mine that is in the alcohol business. And you know, he, he always says, you can tell how good the economy is or how bad the economy is based off of how much people are drinking. And yes. the last couple of years, there's been a lot of alcohol sold. So I'm assuming there's a little stress. Absolutely. I mean, I think I saw, I mean, there's always studies that get released. One of the recent studies I saw that alcohol consumption in 2021 increased over 20%. And sadly, like 
one in eight deaths is now because of alcohol or alcohol-related illness and injuries. And that's just, um, <laughs> that's just not the kind of news uh, we need to hear. I mean, after all of the troubles in the economy and just what people's lives, just the challenges people are, are facing, like adding more alcohol into the mix is clearly um, not benefiting us. So I, I love, I, I'm excited that this sober curious movement is really, there's a lot of energy and a continued momentum around it, especially with the younger generations, the celebrities. So I think it's, I think it's got its place now. I think it's in the spotlight now where it isn't about, it doesn't have to be about completely abstaining and never having a drink, but hey, let's just, let's get, let's get information. Let's be informed and let's experiment with uh, just enjoying the pizza and maybe occasionally that beer or glass of wine and be present and, and see, see how we feel. Is it still as fun? Is it still, do I get better sleep? So there's all these benefits that come along with um, limiting or reducing alcohol consumptions. And I think people just um, forget about. That is a very important conversation. Amy, I'm, gl I'm glad you brought it up. How about a little bit of an, an origin story or maybe uh, issue number one or episode number one is how did Amy Fox come to care about nutri nutrition? Yeah, I, well, I appreciate you asking. And, you know, it's, it's been a hobby for decades, three plus decades. I sort of was informally um, curious myself and learned all about diet. That's really a combination of just health and well-being. Uh, so I, I, I was an only child and I grew up with a mom who um, unfortunately, um, she suffered from for almost 70 years with type one diabetes. And so she um, just never really understood exactly how can food, how can what my choices around food help me to feel better. And so um, I saw that and I think that was part of the reason, but I just, I, as I was a young child um, in high school, I just, I just started giving up you know, to putting a little more energy into what I, thinking about what I was eating and how I was moving. And I started to feel really good. It, it's the irony is um, when I was a freshman in high school, I actually almost got kicked out of school because I hated gym class so much and I, I blew it off. And I finally, um, they finally had a, a, gave me a talk and said, you miss one more class you're, um, you're going to get kicked out of school. <laughs> and so the irony is here I am in a profession that is around health and well-being. But um, once I, I, I started to move a little bit more and then feel my body to run and do things, I just, I, I, I started feeling good. So I stuck with it and I'm an entrepreneur at heart and I've started and uh, sold uh, companies and um, I've always done this health and wellness thing on the side. And I thought, you know, I think what I'm going to do is just get formalize it. So I uh, got my master's in food and nutrition science. I got a few other certifications. And uh, so let's just, let me, let me see what this passion project might entail. And so um, a little more than a year ago, I just started to share information and really promote conversation around what can, how food and how it's related to how you feel, your food and your mood. And so I'm kind of on a mission to disrupt the whole health coach, nutrition, diet uh, industry, because I really think it's not about any of those. It truly is about how you feel, because if you start to feel good, you'll continue to do what you're doing. And that's really the name of the game. I mean, you, you could do any sort of diet. You could eat hot dogs and rich crackers, but and if that made you feel good, you'd probably stick with it. 
So, um, so I, that's, I'm, I'm having a lot of fun and um, just continuing to learn and, and share that and break it down in ways that people can understand and, and relate to, as well as um, just put into action and, and try it out at home. Tell you what, that was talking about peeling an onion. You just, wow. <laughs> I was sitting there writing notes because I, I want to come back to so much. You went and you, you fought the nutrition thing by not going to gym class. Now, here you are, a nutrition, <laughs> I thought was hilarious. You know, as a foodie, I love food, you know, unfortunately, or have you want to look at it, most of our social lives are built around enjoying food together. You go out to eat, you go have a, an appetizer with a cocktail, you go have coffee with someone, of course, has a scone or something with it, and it's, yeah. all, it's built around all those things, and uh, one of the personal challenges that we're having in our household is my wife is type 2 diabetes. Mm-hmm. That's under control. She, you know, she does all the yeah. things she's supposed to do. Uh, she got this little device that goes to her iPhone. The doctor gave it to her this week. That sucker goes off constantly. I mean, it's just like ping and saying, you got too much sugar. You got too much sugar. You got too much sugar. And we're like, wow, what are we doing wrong here? You got New Year's coming up. We're going to have some uh, people over. What can you recommend for someone with diabetes or type 2 diabetes to keep that sugar level? and not go out of the, out of the realm? I, well, that's a great question. And it's super near and dear to my heart. I, I'm actually a pre-diabetic myself. And the, uh, I find this funny. Um, my doctor um, about a year and a half ago explained that to me. And um, ha- more than half of pre-diabetics become diabetics. And clearly for the reasons that I've shared with you, diabetes is a little bit of a sensitive topic for me. And uh, so her advice to me was to eat healthy and exercise. (laughs) Yeah, I kind of understand that part. Uh, I've been doing that on my own here for 30 years. Um, So it definitely is near, a topic is really near and dear to my heart, not only because personally I can relate, but also I think the biggest opportunity we have is to help to educate people and break things down in simple ways. And I don't think our, um, our clinicians and our doctors do a great job with that. They'll send you to a nutritionist and then they'll try to give you all these numbers and, and these strategies that really oftentimes are just not practical to put into play day to day at a New Year's party or just when you're around the table having dinner together. So the advice that I give to people, because I'm all about keeping the blood sugar stable for the reasons that you mentioned for people who are at risk, but also I have three teenage boys and one of my sons is, um, has ADHD. And keeping blood sugars, I think for all teens and just giving them an opportunity to show up in school in a way that uh, allows them to be productive and have energy is all about keeping blood sugar stable. So similar topic and another reason why I care about it so much. So the, um, the really the, the advice, the simple advice I give to people is to at every meal and really every snack, try to pair, lead with protein. So lead, leading with lean protein choices, you can hardly ever go wrong. When you start with protein and you build your meal around that, that's the first step. Because sometimes people, what they do is they'll have all the pastries or the scones. They'll like they'll lead or have the bulk of their meal all be really just basted or just um, loaded with sugar, which can feel good initially. You spike that blood sugar and the crash is horrible. And that's when all those, you feel it, but also I'm sure those alarms are going off. So we lead with protein, whether that's a, uh, 
some cottage cheese, steak even, it could be chicken, it could be a low fat cheese or yogurts, but you build and you build around protein and pair your protein with, um, with, with fiber, good fiber choices or whole foods. So some nuts or um, some crackers or, or uh, whole um, foods that have fewer processed ingredients in them. And so I think if you're just stick with those things, lead with uh, protein, incorporate vegetable, vegetables when you can, because those are also, those are fiber, but also just try to include um, healthy fats, fiber and protein at every opportunity you're eating, it's almost impossible to have a huge spike in blood sugar. Wow, that's great advice. And I wrote all those points down because as you know, you can uh, Google anything and get all kind of crazy answers and, you know, whatever it is. You, you, you can Google yeah. and get all kind of crazy answers. And it's kind of nice to know someone that's a nutritionist like yourself, Amy, and give us some good, solid advice because everything you just described is exactly what happened. Like I said, she's been dealing with it for years and it's always been under control, but she met with the doctor this week and come out more confused than you went in with, you know, and now you got a little device that beeps every couple of hours and you're wondering, what are you doing wrong? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's, um, I mean, and, and you think about what starts to happen when, um, when those, the sounds are going off or you're feeling, you're feeling like you're not getting it right. Kind of sends you down this path of like, if you beat yourself up and if you get negative and you start to feel like it, it starts to like snowball into all these other feelings that um, just don't make you feel good. You maybe want to throw in the towel or not care as much, or um, just it, it, it can make it tired and exhausted in trying to figure this stuff all out. So I have my, uh, my blog and um, a couple other ways that I try to create some community. I call it keep it real with Amy, because I feel like probably one of the most uh, um, impactful ways that I can share and add value is to truly just be authentic and try to break things down in simple to understand in easy terms and not overwhelm people because that's just, you know, you try one choice, like maybe tell your wife, like, let's incorporate more lean proteins or instead of only having one type of food, let's pair it with some veggies or what have you. There's a, all sorts of ways you can bury or blend vegetables if you're not a vegetable person and disguise it. But there's there's some techniques in there, but just try one or two things and see if it works. Cool. Well, I'm also going to check out the uh, Keep It Real with Amy <laughs> blog. I can't wait to uh, read some of that as well. I noticed something you have listed, uh, that you are a mom, entrepreneur, endurance athlete, certified functional food professional. You come with some of those. So we don't know about the mom yet. We know a little bit about the entrepreneur. Um, we know a little bit about your certified functional food professional background. Now I see endurance athlete in there. Yes. What's that, what's that all about? So I, um, I have this really weird, you know, just, I like to do hard things because I truly believe anyone, women, men at any age, when you do hard things, you feel like a badass. Can I swear a little bit? You feel like, you feel like a badass. Yes. You feel like you're tough. And I think that starts to give you these inner superpowers that um, just allow you to give, allow you to be and show up in the best way you can to people, to yourself and people around you. And for me, um, I just like to try hard stuff just to see if I can do it. And I did, I did some marathons uh, years ago, but my knees hurt. And I, I love the feeling that I get when I hike. 
I like to be outside. And when I get a chance, I go to Colorado to the mountains to ski or just go there in the summer. And so I stumbled upon, um, actually I stumbled upon this entrepreneur named Jesse Itzler. He's uh, a pretty amazing guy. I love his outlook on life. He just, it's all about experiences and um, just really taking advantage of, of time. And, um, and so I was following him and I did a little vegan stint and found him on a podcast talking about this event called 29029. And it's a pretty unique, one-of-a-kind type of endurance event. They run out a ski mountain, and um, you hike up, gondola down, and repeat until you reach the height of Mount Everest, which is 29,029 feet. And you've got about, you've got 36 hours or less to accomplish that. So it's, it's a, it's it's pretty amazing. I've done I've done two of them. I just signed up for my third one in 2023. I'll, I've done um, Snow Basin, uh, Whistler, and then I'll be doing um, Stratton Mountain. I saw that they're all sold out for 2023, the Everesting, and uh, it is that is a very neat. The, the reason I asked about that yeah. is that uh, with Doug talking about Jackie and having the new little thing that that monitors your. Um, I actually have. I am neither of those. Uh, you know, I, I don't have those you know, opportunities with my diet for diabetes, or I say diet. Uh, but I do have one of those things coming because in the in the sports that I play, I like to monitor the way I feel compared to what I'm eating. And the uh, so when I saw endurance athlete, I wondered um, that the conversation that I'm seeing out in the industry and out in the food industry is knowing, uh, especially for people that are caring about their health is knowing knowing their numbers. There, are yeah. you, have you have you had any experience with that, with knowing your numbers for your endurance and uh, as you're going up the mountain? Obviously, you probably had to eat in that 36 hours and you probably had to fuel yourself and probably didn't care if it was sticks or goat hooves or, you know, <laughs> dirty water. Well, let's see, I still can't even think about eating an Uncrustable. Uh, I don't want to see one until the next endurance event. <laughs> So, um, yeah, you know, I, I absolutely had to work the math and work the science to make sure that as the training got more intense, I was properly fueled and hydrated. And there was a little bit of math to making sure, especially on the, you can't really get behind on hydration because then uh, it's a little tough to catch up. So just under understanding what type of electrolytes and when I should be ingesting those. But I tried to too, sort of keep that simple and um, just make sure that it was constantly, I had a, I, I have a plan when I'm on the mountain uh, of when I, there's aid stations and what I'm eating. And, and I try to keep it whole foods based, a lot of bananas, honey, peanut butter, but you know, towards the, the longer stretches of that endurance event, it, it took me about 24 hours to do it without without stopping. So that that required just constant fuel. I wore a whoop band, which helped, sort of gave me a lot of indicators like throughout the training to help me to understand sleep patterns and um, how much I was burning so that I could put together some plans to make sure that I had adequate calories that was leading up. But on the mountain, sort of all things sort of go out the window and you, you take advantage of the food choices you have and you just, you go off how you feel. Did I answer your question? Yes. I don't even know okay. if I asked a question. I just uh, was talking Fun to talk about <laughs> it. So well, you, whatever you just said is what I hoped to, to hear from you. There, there are so many conversations in the food world right now that are, that we are having that traditionally we did not the amount of drinking and uh, other, other stuff that's going on food service side of the world. It's, it's a major problem in our industry. You don't have to 
look deep into any restaurant you go into to see someone is fighting or struggling with some type of an addiction. It's, uh, and, and it's sad. It, it really is. And it is. One of the things I saw is, you know, the sober curious, this movement. It's just like, and I think you said it earlier, it's like uh, grass fed or all natural or it's, it's the new thing that we should all be gathering around is because it is a problem. And there are a lot of people out there like myself. It's not that I want to get drunk, but yeah. I really enjoy flavors, the different flavors you get from scotch versus gin versus red wine. It's more yeah. about the flavors than anything else. And how do you get that without the alcohol? think they've mastered that yet. I mean, it, it's amazing to me, the research that I've done about the, they, they bucket sober curious into this wellness movement, but the, the, what they're thinking in years to come, this, this industry, the boom in this industry is just, you know, absolutely. The expectation is will surpass even the plant-based movement. And I, I, I think that to me, now, let me just take a step back. I think that there absolutely are people who may have um, an alcohol disorder of some kind. And I'm, I'm, to me, I'm sort of, that, that's a separate topic. But to me, what, when I think about being sober curious, the people who are putting the um, alcohol-free or zero-proof drinks in their shopping cart are the people who also have a bottle of wine who also have a, a, pack, a six pack of beer. That's just what the research is telling us. So to me, I think it's an and, because I, I appreciate the taste of wine, but my, and, and again, I'm, this is all personal. So I don't want to offend any of your listeners because I think that everybody has their own um, thoughts about this and own expectation. But for me, I want to, I drink what I want when I want. And the, my deciding factor is, is alcohol small and irrelevant? Do I have it when I'm, I really want to enjoy food or I'm going to Italy at, in, at some point in 2023 for my 50th. I, I know that I'll enjoy, I, I love that re the region that we're going to and I look forward to that. But the problem with alcohol is that it is the most addictive substance more than, more than tobacco. And there's, now we're just hearing about some of the research that is showing that years ago, a decade ago, that there used to be some studies that showed that even a little bit of alcohol is good for you and they're they've completely debunked that and so the reality of it is it isn't good for you in excess and that's the key and i think the tricky part of alcohol is and this is probably why the people you see in your industry since they're around it so often it's sneaky so you might enjoy a glass or two of wine and then the more you have it the your brain uh wants it it craves it and you start to um, substitute that as a coping mechanism. I just want to relax after a hard day. Who doesn't want to relax? And we create these rituals that we associate with alcohol in the glass. And therein lies this gray area that can get a little dangerous if you don't, if you don't have the ability to limit or to monitor your own intake, because it can, it can just become something that becomes every day. And it becomes something that you just automatically do without even thinking. It's even riskier because the more you drink like that, you know, chemically, your brain artificially produces a, a, um, a, a higher levels of dopamine. So you feel good. We all have had that feel good moment. And then you need more. Your, your, your brain count, it needs to always be in homeostasis. So it needs to counterbalance that. 
And so other hormones or other um, chemicals are released to keep your brain in balance. And so then that goes away and you need to drink more in order to feel that. So as time goes on, um, it just becomes, it, it becomes a dangerous, um, dangerous habit that's hard to control because it's, 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 it's ethanol. It's, it's, a, it's a very addictive substance. So I know we wanted to keep the topic light, but there's, yeah, I mean, it, I mean, it's, you know, the conversation that we're like, you were sharing in the beginning of this, this is about a conversation. And I mean, it's okay to talk about these things because it's real. And I also think it's a, the whole idea of the sober curious movement is to have a conversation about it and have like, it doesn't have to be all or nothing. And I think that's what people mistake. They think, oh, it means I have to never have a glass of wine. It doesn't have to be that way. And why not? There's so many alternatives. I mean, Katy Perry has a brand now. Blake Lively is just releasing it. I mean, I, it's almost overwhelming what's in the aisle now. I have a, it's called Wild AF, which is funny because AF is my, my initials, but it's a, it's a de-alcoholized wine. And so there's all these options that sort of make it like you, you put it in the glass and before you know it, you forget you don't have the real stuff in the glass. And that's coming from a wine connoisseur, so. I hoped to make that connection when I asked the question and started that, and I didn't want it to go that, you know, that deep. But the, the connection that I hoped to make that you moved very close was about the, the monitoring. If you see the connection between as an endurance athlete, we, we you know, 70 is 77 revolutions per minute on your bike. It's 77 steps per minute on your run. It's yeah. your, uh, 10 minutes at this point, you're at 12 minutes at this point. And when you have a uh, product that's measuring uh, the sugar that you go into, I'll, I'll tell you the, 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 one of the things that I use that I learned very early in, in my athlete, my athlete, my athletic career was um, I started monitoring. I was taught how to do this. I didn't think of it, uh, that, uh, that our coaches, the, the nutrition coaches would have us after we ate something we would uh, have to talk about what we felt like. I mean, yeah. what is the feeling that you're having? Are you getting, are you feeling an energy rise? So you eat this and then you go play and you think, okay, where was my energy level in the fourth inning? Or where was my energy level in the first part of the second half of the match or, mm -hmm. or, or of the tennis match? And the, uh, the connection that I, that I am, I, I'm stuttering a little bit because I'm so, there's so many ways that we can go with this that can benefit people because uh, it, it actually, one of the, the things I learned is that when I crave saltine crackers, it means that my blood sugar is low. You got me? It's the most bizarre thing. I learned that. And then we would, I would eat things. So when I have things um, that I'm going to do, like I'm going to play in a tournament this, this weekend, um, uh, you know, I'm, I will be, I will make sure that I have saltine because it's a simple car, you know, it's a simple yeah. uh, carbohydrate that you can use. So that is what I was trying to do is make the connection between just looking at your numbers monitoring what you're doing as an athlete, monitor what you're doing, because if, and this is where we're going, if you can feel good from consuming something or feel good from eating something, that actually is what we're, what we're looking for is to feel good afterward. And the question that I want that I even wrote, because I could not wait to get to it was how good, if you knew your numbers, how good could you feel? How, how refreshed could you be if you were saying, I'm limiting this, I'm maximum, I'm leading with protein, I'm adding the fiber. How good could you feel if you really took hold of that in your life, Amy? I mean, it's, to me, it is the, well, it, it's, 
you have to understand when you start to feel that kind of energy, you create this force of forward, of a forward movement. There's a joy and a peace, this boundless amounts of energy and clarity. That's the kind of feeling that you get when you have things humming and on all, all cylinders running. And I'm sure you felt this way when you've gotten it, you hit that gold spot, that sweet spot of having the perfect combination. You can perform at a higher level, but I'm, I'm actually just talking about like how you feel when I, when I hit that. And that means there's been consistency with um, the type of macronutrients. I've just honestly just been super clean and you start to feel this, this energy that just doesn't translate into having more energy to go do a workout. I have an energy that literally fills my heart and then manifests into action in so many aspects of my life. I, that's why people, I think what's super cool about, and I, I think it does, a critical part of this is about being curious about alcohol. If you are drinking, just because if you've never experimented with that and pull back a little bit to see what's possible, um, I think that's why that's why there's I'm so excited about the sober curious movement and of itself because I see everybody searching for the magic pill or the um, this this special complicated diet that has this, these algorithms or these magic formulations of what you can and can eat but the real secret is just being consistent being healthy try try pulling back on on some of the things like alcohol that it can be a complete game changer. And so I know we're, I'm a little off topic, but to me, how good you can feel is, um, is a superpower because it's not just physically, it starts to translate into how you mentally, the mental clarity, and then what you're able, how you're able to pour out that energy and help other people. And, um, you know, it's a, it really is a, I think a, a superpower that, um, more people are catching on to. Thank you for that. And thank you for letting me kind of lead up to that question, because there's some uh, when you write about some of the quotes that I just love where high performers need high quality nutrition. And you have a, a an article, which I'll put a link to about how, about uh, five foods that how you can uh, uh, that will impact how you feel. And the other one you wrote is you are what you digest. I thought that was a very interesting. Would you mind talking a little bit about that? That's that's such an interesting topic to me. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's really about um, this gut brain connection and how your body uses some of the nutrients from foods. And yes, it takes what it needs, but it starts to like strengthen, like put more um, good feet on the street inside your body per se. And so there's this army of bacteria in your body that um, there's can be more good guys and bad guys or it, conversely, the opposite. And a lot of it is about what you're eating or what you're not eating. And so the way that that translates is to either releasing certain hormones, like when you are in using like eating foods with omega-3s or eating foods, like whether it be walnuts or it's salmon or it's some olive oil, you feel satiated. And then your body is utilizing those nutrients and helping to bolster your immune system it's keeping your blood, if you're com combining those types of foods with the right and pairing them with the right types of whole foods or healthy fats, you got your blood sugar staying stable. So you're not having those high energy peaks and crashes. And so the combination of all of that leads you to um, performing better and you're digesting what you eat and you're, it's like using 
crappy oil in your tank or cleaning it often or the high octane you know gas in terms of performance so that's sort of this that's the effect that the choices of eating can have on just not only how you feel but how that starts to translate into longevity and other you know other health topics like that tell you what i've learned so much on this uh conversation i mean i've been in the food industry my whole life and talked to a lot of different dietitians, talked to a lot of chefs, talked to a lot of food sales people. And I just feel like I've, I've really come away with a lot of useful information that I can put to work in my life immediately. Well, that's great to hear. So I, I'm really excited about, I'm gonna go all in on the conversation around food and mood. And so I'm gonna be, you know, people, people are asking me like, are you gonna come up with like a diet or a program? and I know, I'm just gonna keep talking about food and mood because I think the more we can have people focused on focused on how they're feeling rather than doing the thing or taking on a diet, insert whatever type diet you want. And I'm talking about the like the average person. Certainly there's some athletes or other people that are trying to, you know, dial it up a notch. But for the mo- for most people who think, especially this time of year, that it's about going all in on a particular diet. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna opt for a radical change and just focus on, on how you're feeling. Because I think when you start to feel better, that creates this positive energy. And when you start to feel something different, you will do something different. And that's the name of the game: is a consistency. Can you sit seven and five out of seven days stick with a healthy plan and make eighty percent of your choices more healthy than not? Um, you're going to win in the long run. And so I'm going to go in on all, all this, this series and uh, uh, so that people understand the specific moves maybe they want to shift or try to achieve. Like, for example, um, I might do a topic on if the mood, today's mood, I'll, I'll probably blog um, often or have some short videos, but I'll be naming or identifying a specific mood you might want to change. So let's say that you're really stressed or you're, I, I deal with, I talk to a lot of moms who have kids and we just have the worries and the anxiety. So you've got high anxiety moments. How do you want to shift that mood? What can you do from a nutrition, a mindset and a movement? What are the habits that you can choose as levers to try to shift that mood? Because it isn't only nutrition, right? There's other things that we can do that can have an enormous impact. So the combination of nutrition, mindset, and movement, it might be I'm going to be in front of, I've got a, I looked at my schedule and I've got a stack of meetings. I'm not going to be able to move much. I'm going to be sedentary in front of my screen. How do I manage that mood? So I don't end up eating like crap because I don't have anything healthy on hand, or I'm so tired and lethargic that that starts to bleed into my interactions at home. So how do we manage that mood? And so that, that's the kind, those are the kind of topics that I want to create more conversation around. On your site, you have listed physical, emotional, spiritual as three parts that you can actually manage with that. And I added uh, in parentheses for me to to ask you about as also with mental health. And I don't mean necessarily um, clinical. I just mean that we're under a lot of stress. And you just said three things about your nutrition, your movement and your mindset that align perfectly, in my opinion, with physical, emotional and spiritual. But one of the triggers that we uh it's it's a little thing that we do in our families if somebody uh, gets uh, acts a little cranky or acts a little odd or you know things are you know things are kind of getting under their skin a little bit too quickly 
or have you not eaten today? Did you eat something weird this morning? Uh, and we have found that 99% of the time we will find a correlation between your nutrition, your movement, and your mindset in the hours before that. Absolutely. It, I mean, it can, uh, maybe it sounds like you, um, you, you move quite a bit. I mean, uh, movement is medicine for me. So I think everybody's different, right? It's sleep and movement for me. If I, even if it's uh, high intensity for 10 minutes or less, it is a, it, it is a game changer on my outlook. And it's, amazing how so many people around me benefit from that. So I have to remind myself, I'm not only making the commitment for me, um, but it's how I show up and how I can give more to the others, to others around me. So um, being kind to myself and making that time, I try to have as a priority. When, when people like us talk um, I, I can always spot somebody that's actually doing what they're talking about. And I feel like you actually are. I, I, I when as um, the folks at Wasabi contacted us and, and I started looking at some of your um, uh, content about how does food affect your mood? I love the food mood lab. I think that is so neat. And I started, I, I love the color scheme, by the way, like, as it, like, it is so, it is a comforting, non-confrontational, non-threatening way to say, I'm, I'm looking at the, the mocktail, um, recipe thinking, oh, you know, I might, I might have that yeah. tonight just, to, just to, to think about that. So I, I appreciate your alignment. I appreciate your commitment. I think that it is a, a start of a conversation that those of us that are leaders and a little bit further along into this industry are going to have with that, that we can help other people come to, to come to see that, that, that you can have a little bit of a different, um, you can have a little different source for the juice, if you know what I mean. So it's I a, know. That is uh, so something I saw. Uh, I saw your area code is five one three. That's yes. like Cincinnati area. I looked up. It is Cincinnati. Yes, Cincinnati, how, Ohio. How awesome! The uh, we grew up eating. Uh, my dad went to uh, Cincinnati one time and ate spaghetti. That was it was chili and it had chocolate and maybe cinnamon in it and he ate it over vermicelli vermicelli uh, noodles and we we have eaten that in our house for as long as I have been alive. So that's my Besides loving the big red machine, right? Doug, yeah. That uh, that you know that's why we uh, we love the Cincinnati. Do you have you ever heard of that? And, and of course, around? yeah. Of course. Well, Doug will get the mug, and I'm happy to pop a can of Skyline in the mail or, or teach <laughs> you. Wow. So have you tried the Skyline dip? Uh, that is a especially with the Super Bowl coming up. By the way, like how healthy is this? Not, but <laughs> it is a little bit. <laughs> You have to, 80% of the time you're healthy and then you enjoy yourself, right? Um, and so you get this chili all over Fritos and you throw some cheese on it. Um, or some people, you put it over like cream cheese and bake it. Um, people will not stop eating it. it there's something about the, the combination of all that is 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 goodness. Yeah. That's a, So that's one of those ones you might, might uh, be your like cheat day. <laughs> <laughs> you said Super Bowl. So who are you uh, pulling for? Who's your team? The Steelers. Oh, wow. Oh, I didn't I, see that one coming. It's not. Well, I married into a Steelers family and it's, there's, you know, once a Steelers fan, always a Steelers fan. It was a 
non-negotiable. So we also have rooms dedicated to the Steelers in the house. It's not a popular topic right now, but it's a, it is a, you know, I think I have one Bengals fan in the house just because that's that one, one child that needs to go with the flow with friends. So, and you know, Joe Burrow's not, not a bad guy to talk about or look at either. So and that's what I was expecting. You're gonna have some Bengals out there. So a little bit of a side, you know, I'm from South Carolina, so obviously I'm a Green Bay Packer fan. So I get it. Yeah. That's well, you know, I have a got three boys, they're all about a year apart. They're all in high school together. And my oldest, he actually turned 18 today. Um, and he um so we're we're getting ready to make some decisions on colleges, and two of those colleges are in South Carolina. So Ooh, which which ones are you looking at? Uh, so he, uh, speaking of, speaking of a uh, politically charged conversation, I had to be very careful. He (laughs) got an offer from Clemson and, uh, also the university of South Carolina. So we'll see. Gamecocks, Gamecocks. I like it. Both of them are playing today. So. (laughs) <laughs> he did Both very good he did. schools so yes so but but he loved i mean that area of the country uh is so beautiful so we spent some time there and uh, a lot of other schools too but these those are especially clemson that there's a, a possibility that we might be visiting there yes thank you for sharing that uh, kind of part of your your yeah. uh, your family life there so so here we go since since you started it just so you know doug you started about the college thing that um, with the, which we laugh about the political, because the Carolina Clemson thing gets very weird here in, in the, in the South Carolina, but it's uh, it's all in fun because it's uh, it's our people. couple of quick questions. Tell me, thinking about food, what is yes. your favorite? I'm going to, I'm going to give you a couple little breakdowns here. Tell me, what is your, what is your favorite food? I absolutely love sushi. I can eat a plate of sushi all day long. The raw, more raw, better. No, Probably I like it. Hoping for. <laughs> okay, no, no, that's. Yeah. I love a good sushi. I, I tell you, we got some good sushi places around here, so. Especially if you bread it and fry it, it is like the best, <laughs> best thing. Okay, so uh, moving a little bit, continuing on that trail, uh, and I have to act a little bit dumb here. Do, do you guys eat barbecue in in Cincinnati? I'm sure we don't do it as great as they do it in in the Carolinas, but absolutely, like we that's. Yeah. We're always experimenting with new recipes on our, my husband's got the egg thing and yes. So we do, we do do love, love barbecue. Like I will probably be the idiot though, because I'm just not, it's not my favorite, Mm -hmm. but I'm surrounded by men and it's their favorite. So I usually get the cut of beef and they go to town on the cooker. I was going to say, are you pork or are you beef? So in the Carolinas, when you say barbecue, you're always thinking pork. I'm that weird guy. I much prefer beef. And obviously uh, you're putting beef on the barbecue there. Yeah, they love beef. And and I'm a huge fan. I mean, actually we've got, I've got the most beautiful steaks. My husband will, will for my my son's birthday, he wanted my husband to make his his famous steak. I eat meat in limited quantities, but I do enjoy it. And I'm going to eat what I enjoy because Mm -hmm. it's like, you gotta, I don't have to eat it every day, but along the lines of what we've been talking about. I mean, I want to, I want to enjoy the family experience getting, it's probably with kids, my children's ages. Um, that's one of the most, well, just one of the ways we connect. They're all so busy, but when we, we come around the table, we cook, my youngest son's going to make my son his favorite dessert. And we're trying a new something with an onion too. Some onions, 
I'm making the potatoes. So we'll all come together around food. That it doesn't matter if everybody's even speaking the same language. If you're eating together, generally everybody is going to be happy. Yeah. And, and, you know, just to go back onto the like food and mood topic for a minute. Yeah. I, um, in my, when I was getting my degree, I did some research around the Mediterranean diet and actually put together a project around and it's research around why, why people can't adhere to the Mediterranean diet and other diets. And, you know, it goes back to some of the reasons why we're having this conversation and just educating people that eating healthy isn't about limiting and restricting and educating people like how to cook and make it taste good but also that eating healthy is so much more than the food. It is about connection. And when you really understand that we're cooking together and we're eating together, there's a lot of research that shows that when you're feeling connected like that, you're happier. And like, that's, will be part of that. That's part of the ritual of eating healthy. It's not just restricting. And I think that there's just a misperception about eating healthy means I have just these icky foods and I'm just we're doing meal prep and baking it an experience with family and friends that's that shows people that yes you can have a healthy lifestyle and sit around the table and and have foods that you love that's one thing the word diet to me just goes all over me because you start a diet on january 1st by january 15th you've blown it you've thrown it away it's in the trash you're doing back to what you want to do you truly in my opinion have to eat well make wise decisions it's a uh, a way of life it's not a step uh 12 step program or a six week program it's a way of life 100 agree 100 amy so two two things I, I want to offer to you what is the question can be on on any of the topics that are pertinent to you from mom entrepreneur endurance athlete certified functional food professional what mm. is the question that is most asked of you and what is the question that you wish people would ask? I think my my immediate thoughts are without a doubt, people are asking what diet should I follow? Hands down, they wanna know. And again, I think they're expecting a special, some sort of different answer. They, they, They don't like my answer. I have, my answer is the CSD diet. It's the common sense diet. And it's just not, that's just, it's not, that's not the popular I call now I'm, I'm going to call it the food and mood diet, but that's just not popular because it's not it's not complicated enough. It's not like there's not a magic bullet in there. So uh, that's the question I get asked hands down. The question I that's a, that's a good that's a good question to me about what question I I'd have to say like I, I love for people to talk about what habits like what what's the right like talk more about mindset. I wish people were asking me about about how can they feel better, not about what is the thing they should do, just how to like, we had conversations around mindset. How do they, what are the choices they can make and how, what are the habits um, and how, and having conversations and around um, how they can, what are ways that they can stick with it and be consistent. Thank you for those answers. That is, that, that is a pattern that I have used for a very long time uh, those two types of questions, and it really reveals something. And when you talked about mindset there, that is a, a, a conversation that so many of us are having, whether we know we're having the conversation with people. Because if you think if someone can do their work, they can 
relatively they can communicate with you relatively well but if they're cranky all the time and it's obvious they're not feeling good it affects everyone on on the team and yes. the, the the big connection from the earlier question that we talked about about how good could you feel is that uh, if you are doing things two days before you need to like before today we said we want to be happy we want to be have a great communication with amy so we we might go do something uh, with our diet i know that's kind of a weird way to say that but yeah. i was i kind of mean that i i think that the mood that you can have from eating a diet or a a series of foods um, mm -hmm. I, I think will be very i think that would be very attractive for people that want to not necessarily feel better but they want to feel good because they haven't felt good forever. They haven't felt good about themselves mentally. They haven't felt good about themselves physically, emotionally, and even which ultimately sometimes leads to their spiritual uh, world. Oh, absolutely. And I, I think that their spirit in general, I mean, people feel beat down. Like you were saying, um, Doug, just about how you start a diet on January 1st and by the 15th, there's an event that comes up and you throw in the towel. Well, there are, there are mental health ramifications. There's energy ramifications from that. Like you, you don't feel good. You feel like you failed. And then what end, ends up happening is that you just feel stuck. And it, and, it, and so um, I, I completely agree that there's, it's, it's more than just not sticking with something. And something you had said earlier too, about um, really getting at why you might be doing something and, I believe whether it's an issue with food or drink or whatever it is, it's all about the energy snacks that you have and realizing, man, like if you, if people would, would, and there are practices that I love to share in, in some of my work around just identifying and really understanding what those snags are, how to work through those to really get at the root of, man, why did I, why did I binge on the plate of cookies? Like, what was I really like, how did that make me feel? And then what did I do because of it? And like, hmm, what, what could be a turnaround from that? What might be reasonable? Maybe I don't, and my, my thoughts are, maybe it's not that you don't have the cookies because that's not reasonable. Their cookies are good, especially when they're hot out of the oven. But how do I just have one or two and not the whole you know, dozen? So just understanding that there's this underlying emotional connection to a lot of these decisions we're making, whatever we're using to, uh, to cope or to comfort, um, yeah, it isn't always a bad thing, but sometimes it can lead to some, some repetition of unhealthy habits that can start to just not make us feel good. I hate the word diet as well. And one of the first things that some were to say, hey, if you were to coach me, what would you do? The first thing we would do is stop dieting. There'd be no diet. And that, that might be radical. That literally, no matter what your weight or what your goals are, it would be to stop dieting. But I think that diet, dieting is really, um, can really be um, hurting us. Uh, and just this, this whole um, expectation around um, and worth we put into whether or not we follow something or we don't follow something, we're not getting at the root issue. How do I try to feel good in different ways and deal with some of the stresses and my anxiety or my issues in, in healthier ways? You mentioned that you used Whoop what, for your enders when you, when you did some of the things. I use Fitbit. I'm a Fitbit uh, fanatic yeah. from the very beginning and, and use a... Uh, an information part of that that allows me to monitor what I eat. So when I put something in there, uh, in your in your experience of uh, when someone asks a question like, "Hey, Amy, man, what am I? 
what do you think I should do? What diet should, I mean, asking that question, what diet should I be on? What should I be doing? And, and you're moving them obviously towards um, a common sense diet. Are you using any uh, software? Are you using any apps like Whoop? Are you using Fitbit or, or, or maybe uh, menu items? Are you using that so that people can look at that and monitor it against how they feel the next day? That's a great question. So the two things that I use, I use, I, I used Whoop, but I didn't find for me, it gave me the data that I needed. Cause I think that it's all about the data points that give you the information to make decisions, to act differently or to reinforce something you should keep doing. And so for me, um, I, I've always used my fitness pal and I don't like using, I don't encourage using my fitness pal as a forever type of solution, but we, you do, especially if you're making choices about what you eat, we don't want to send people down um, the path of a restrictive diet where they're measuring everything because that's just not realistic. So um, the three tools that I encourage people to use is a tool like MyFitnessPal because you have to understand uh, the data. You have to understand. And so you also need to have a scale. I actually, I have, I, I have my scale. I don't, I don't use it that much, but I really am a big proponent of it for some of the foods that are, um, or just someone who's, newer into the just understanding what they're putting in their body if you don't know how much you're putting in, you're not keeping it real with what am i really eating in fact like when i tell people to not diet the first thing we do is be like i'm like let's just gather data it's just so let's eat be what you normally eat but promise make a promise that you're going to track and just be honest there's no right or wrong here but we have to have data and so most people aren't don't understand or don't want to be honest or just don't understand that um uh, the cream that you put in your coffee is probably hundred calories. <laughs> you might think it's a splash, but that's all relative. So let's get, let's get the data so that we can be informed about how you're feeling your body with in just kind of current state. So you have to have tools like that. It doesn't have to be my fitness pal. And I'm a big iPhone user. I actually transitioned from the whoop to the iPhone. Um, and I wear a watch. So I just love having access to I'm a big proponent of just measuring anything. So I love steps as a way just to measure being active. And there's so much awesome data out there about the benefits of walking and just being active like that. So that's an easy thing to kind of keep you moving and, and promote, I think, the right type of behavior. It has a very strong hold over when you start getting that and you start looking, I have done that. And I, I have to admit it, I have done it where I was at uh, when I moved my steps up to 12,000 that I was like 11,388. I know that's a weird number, but I remember because I was in Houston, it was 11 o'clock at night. I got to the room and I was like, gosh, dang. And there's no way I'm going to go out walking in Houston, right. uh, you know, at, at 11 o'clock at night. So I paced in my room until I got to 12,000 steps. And I said, there is, I have a problem. <laughs> and uh, so the reason, <laughs> yeah. the reason I brought that up is, is that, that that was one of those uh, triggers that I, when I started recognizing that I do actually want to pay attention. I do want the data, but I also want to feel good. I wasn't doing it. I did it. So I would feel good. You got me. I did the steps because I would feel good. That was a kind of a weird segue there, but I, it really hit, hit a button with me when you talked about keeping up with your steps, because it is a, to admit something like that, um, <laughs> what it, you know, what it allowed me to do to, to recognize when, uh, when we look at the calories that we're taking in versus what we're doing, uh, it is it is the the common sense uh, because yeah. there are times 
I know from several of my family members that, that they will say, oh, we didn't really do anything today. We didn't really walk anywhere today. And I'm like, well, we walked about 13,000 steps today. And that because they didn't have it documented, it didn't. Do you ever find that to be when you're working with people about their, about the meaning the physical description of the food method they're eating diet? Uh, do you find that uh, that when people start keeping up with the, what they're eating, that they have a natural understanding of the amount of food that they were eating before they started writing it down? Yeah, I think most people do. Some people are still just not willing to be on it. I, I, almost every conversation with people who've told me that they've been trying to do this and they're, they, do, they do eat healthy, there is like a, a, a moment of reckoning where like, hmm, yeah, that's not really the this the the snack the small snack that you were having really wasn't a small stack small stack like calorically with with the volume that you were intaking so there usually is like a, a, a moment an aha moment that happens but for some there's not some there's some people are just not willing to um just be honest about the situation unfortunately um, and those are kind of lifers that will probably always be seeking the thing and have success in a limited basis, but don't, aren't really stepping back to think, am I going to make a healthy lifestyle decision here? Or am I just looking for a quick fix? Uh, there are a couple of things that I'd, I'd want to finish up. Uh, as we've talked about who you are, what you are doing and what you have done, we've covered those things and, and what we've, we know a lot more about you now. So the, the, to, to, to run us out here is what would you like for people to know about Amy Fox that you we haven't talked about. So Amy, what's something that that you would want everybody to know about Amy Fox? And what is something that you are supporting that you would want people to know about? Oh man, what would I want people, what people don't know about me? Um, oh man, I think I've shared like I've shared, you know, being a of course being a mom is one of my um like most proudest uh like most proudest jobs that I have, but um, I think that's pretty assumed that being a mom will be something that uh, I'm super excited about. But um, I, you know, I've we've covered a lot of ground, honestly. Like I, I, we I have total family. I'm a family person. I'm like I'm about ready to celebrate. Have a house full of about 15 people here celebrating my son's birthday. Um, it happens to be the anniversary also of my mom's passing, uh, which was just two years ago. So if I were to make a create awareness around um, an organization, would be the Juvenile Diabetes Foundation. And so um, for their, their research. And so I contribute to that. I've run marathons for that organization. I've Good friends that also support that organization, we we team up together to do things. So um, that's you know that's an organization that's near and dear to my heart. Amy, it has been a great pleasure. Uh, really enjoyed getting to know you a little better, and the tips you gave us were awesome. But I have to ask this one last question. Sure, yeah. Tell me what you are enjoying over there. I keep seeing you take a sip, but yes. I don't know what it is. So um, this is me. Let me show you the can. That's awesome. Because the can's pretty. She has that in a martini glass. It looks like a martini glass. Yeah. So this is, it's called Wild AF. It's sparkling rosé. It's, it's alcohol uh, removed wine. It's like a Syrah. It's a sparkling Syrah. It's wonderful. There's actually zero calories and zero sugar. So what I try to promote are um, really an experience, a sober curious experience, because 
It really is about, I mean, if you are, if any of you are wine drinkers, you know, it's about the glass. I have a phenomenal glasses. And I mean, unless I, I'm really looking for a, it's a real special bottle that I, because I, I do appreciate the taste of wine, but oftentimes if it's to cope or to be just part of my ritual, it could be anything in the glass, as long as I have a good glass and it looks pretty, but you, we've got to be careful. A lot of these mocktails out there are so, um, I mean, it's, it's worse than a candy bar. You got to be careful with what you have in these. So you might want to make sure your wife, if she's experimenting, most of mine are five grams of sugar or less. So I, I continue to try to sample uh, different alcohol-free or zero-proof type drinks. And this was a, one I just tried right now. Um, Wild AF, it's very good. Surely, like the word sure, L-Y, is a great brand that has, uh, tastes just like rosé and champagne. So it's wonderful. Cheers. And I, Cheers. I appreciate you sharing that. And little side note, you said it's a sparkling wine, correct? Mm -hmm. And you chose that glass because you want it to be able to breathe and to have the little bubbles coming up. Unlike most of us Americans who put champagne in those flutes, that is so wrong. I know. I just liked the, I liked that it displayed the color. I will tell you though, so my husband loves red wine too. We're big red wine drinkers, again, on occasion. And we keep sampling the de-alcoholized de, de red wine. And it just, nobody's figured it out yet. <laughs> we but keep saying, we're like, it doesn't, like if my favorite wine is a 10, we, we, we will open it up and we'll say, if it's a four or five, how great would this be? Like zero proof and it tastes like it's, it's just a decent enough red wine. I've probably opened up 10 bottles and can't even, can't even handle a second sip. It's just, it, it just, it tastes like grape juice. It just, they so haven't. What I'm hearing is there's room to grow in that category. Yeah. They've figured it out with a lot of other things, uh, but red wine. And I, I would imagine that they'll figure it out pretty quickly. I read an article about the billions of dollars going into these, these wine wineries that produce beautiful alcohol wines. And they're, they're really, they are trying to figure it out. So we agree that like every three months, we'll try a new bottle. <laughs> well, I'm going to go to my local store and see if I can find the one you are enjoying. I think that would be great to have around the house. Sounds good. Well, I thank you so much for the conversation. I appreciate the opportunity and would love to have another conversation sometime in the future. So Amy, it was great to get to know you today. Thank you so much for the information. Um, people can find you at foodmoodlab.com now yeah. and uh, they can find you on social under amy fox at amy fox maybe or yeah on instagram it's uh, keep it real with amy and i've got uh the food and mood uh with amy on facebook as well it's a good good facebook following out there awesome great thank you so much for your time amy and uh, as always as we part we'll wish you uh cheers from charleston and cheers we will uh, and we'll look forward to talking to you here in the future Great. Thanks again. Happy You're awesome. Year. Thanks, Amy. Cheers. Bye -bye. See ya. Bye-bye. See you later, Doug. So, all right. Well, um, all right. So go get some water, take a break. And then we'll, uh, yeah. And we'll get back on with Sean. Sean seems like he's a fireball, man. I think he's going to be a good, a good guy. And he's one of us. He's a, he's a, He's a pit man. He's a you know he's a barbecue guy, and he he's taken as you'll see, and you probably already looked it up, but he's um really turned his um 
barbecue place in San Diego into a uh, almost like a soundstage. It's almost like a media show. All right, man. We'll, we'll cool. see. Uh, I'll see you in about about an hour, I guess. I'll, I'll log on about uh, seven or eight minutes early. My phone. Okay, that sounds good, man. Good job. See you in a minute.